So we all know what's been going on lately. It's been a period of immense turmoil across the nation, across the world for that matter. But here at home especially, it's been dire. Things have changed. Attitudes have changed. People have changed. Or maybe people are just more willing to show their true colors. But with that being said, there is a huge dark cloud that looms over this nation. And with it comes the responsibility of people like us. People that actually give a fuck, but may not always show it, to speak up and have our voice heard. Because without that, chaos will reign. And there will be no end in sight. And then who knows what will happen. We have to protect our children, our families, loved ones. We have to keep them safe from what's out there. The ignorance, the violence, the bloodshed and the hatred. You know, in California, we don't really see a whole lot of that. And maybe that's our privilege. And maybe that's why our taxes are so damn high. But all joking aside, we have to reflect. Because it's just a matter of time before this comes knocking on our doorstep. Not to say it hasn't already. We've had bloodshed in Anaheim. We've had recent turmoil in San Francisco. As we record tomorrow in Berkeley which we know is not going to end well. It's something that we need to get smart about. It's something that we need to unite, a purpose. Being here is a privilege, amongst other things, and it's something that we often take for granted. And that's being challenged right now. And we can't let it get to the point where it forces us either down or out. So... It's up to us as underrepresented minorities, as part of a larger majority that seems to overlook us every day, to make sure that we are present. Because the moment we step away from that mindset is the moment our entire livelihood will be challenged. So what will you do? Will you rise to the occasion? Or will you just stand there idly by watching your nation, your community, everything that you believe in be ripped out right from underneath you. What will you do? I, I guess I'll roll the intro. Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. Growing up, what was life like for you? Well, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, but I want to focus solely in on, on your personal experience as far as being a man of color in America. Life for me started out not really knowing differences between people, not being able to identify differences between people. And as I got older, I started realizing that my own views, opinions, and, and I guess the cultural bias 
started bleeding into my personal relationships. And I started making friends based on, you know, that kind of the affinity of, of gravitating towards someone that was like-minded. So I, I really gravitated toward minorities and I, I mostly avoided white people, not overtly so, uh, just because it's what I felt I related with the most. As I got older, I started losing that sense of cultural identity and I started gaining more of, uh, I think we've alluded to it before, as Americana. And I adopted that as my, my culture, my community, my people. Mm-hmm. I was a national player. I wasn't really just an Arab American. I was part of the American culture. And you know this. Every time people would ask me, they'd ask me, hey, you know, what are you? I look at them and I'd say, American. I chuckle, you know, a little bit, kind of like, am I joking? Am I not? You know, and I really didn't know. Yeah, I don't know why I would give that answer. I still do, you know, to fuck with people now. But yeah. <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> back then, it was more of a yeah. I identified with American culture more than my own, you know, because that is what I what I was. So growing up for me, I, I never saw boundaries, these constructs. I just really used instinct to gravitate toward people that I was naturally and uh, naturally meshed with. And now, do you think there's it. anything in that, that instinct that came from your upbringing that made you innately more comfortable with people that either look like you or had experiences similar to you? Was there something to that or was that just truly, uh, well, you know, this is who I gravitate to. Yeah, I think it was just truly who I gravitated to. Uh, at least that's how I think about it now. I, I don't think I, I projected my culture on on other people or really cared for similar experiences. It really all boiled down to who I was comfortable with. And I have a very eclectic mix of friends. I, I got people that do everything, you know, in my life. And it's very different for me because I, I think I do that to kind of hedge my bets, you know, with, with friends. Or, or maybe I just like to diversify and that's my way of really incorporating myself and my chunk of my culture into other people's lives. And maybe I do it without knowing. I don't know. I'd have to poll my friends. I don't necessarily know if I was ostracized intentionally or maybe I did it to myself. I, I, I kept myself away from the Mexican community that was in my neighborhood, partially because, one, I didn't speak the language and I always knew that was a barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But two, I, I just wasn't into the same things that, that they were into. I, I didn't grow up, uh, you know, playing soccer or listening to the same type of music. Uh, and so it was very hard for me to connect with that community. So I, not to say I didn't have friends that were of any type of Latino descent, but I, I had a very diverse group of friends. Yeah. But then also too, in elementary school, I was either, it was, I was one of two Latino kids. Really? I had an Argentinian, had me, had a Ecuadorian girl, and then everybody else was either white or Filipino. And, you know, just kind of thinking about that. And it, even my friend group now, I think is pretty diverse but I, I, I distinctly remember writing papers about feeling like a second-class citizen. Really? Because it was always, my grandmother would tell me, no, you're, you're American of Mexican descent. It's never your Mexican-American, never the hyphen. You're American of Mexican descent. That's your heritage, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. are American. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you start doing the standardized testing, you have to you know, declare your ethnicity or whatever the case is, or people start asking for clarification on, on your background. I always struggled with that. And, and once I learned, oh, I'm American citizen, you know, because that concept never really came up until I probably got into high school and realizing that's what I was, I always struggled with how to tell people what I am because I look, I'm a little ethnically ambiguous. 
as, as far as like I've been told, I pass for Arabic, I pass for Middle Eastern, I pass. I hope I pass for Mexican. Yeah, I don't know what you are. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I didn't know, I wouldn't know what you are. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten Samoan, I've gotten the whole gamut. Um, it's it's really hilarious. But I remember I remember writing this piece about the hyphen and mm. how I always felt like the having a hyphen in the way you identify in American culture was a way to was a way to separate white from everybody that was not white. So Mexican American, Filipino American, African American, right? What, you know, so on and so forth. Down the down but the there's list. no American. It's Caucasian. Is it though? I think so. Yeah, there's no American. But it does. It doesn't make. I mean, sense. when they ask you about race, there isn't oh, like, oh, yeah. check the box for American. Yeah, but I'm ta- I'm talking about if, like, if we're talking about true identity, only only Native American could really say, oh, just American, because that's you know. Let me pull back a little bit. Okay. Because what you said, kind of let me led me to a thought right now. Okay, we'll go for it. How fucked up is it that they actually have to put that out there to begin with? Put what out there? Put any of that hyphen bullshit out there. Oh, yeah. Why should we have to identify with where we came from? If it was up to me, quite honestly, and this may sound kind of extreme, we're all fucking American. Yeah. Ironic. That why, sounds why extreme because of, of, of the tensions right now. It sounds extreme. But in theory, that's exactly what you are. Yeah. No one here was here before except the Native Americans. Exactly. And even then, they came from somewhere. They didn't just pop up here. You know, they had to move. They moved from somewhere and ended up here. Right. right? So before we knew what was here, they were here. But we weren't here. That's the part. That, that's the whole part that people don't get. Those people in the South, mm-hmm. the people that are fighting for their uh, white rights or whatnot, mm-hmm. they weren't here. Right. Those motherfuckers weren't here. So, okay, take out all the hyphen bullshit. I don't have to identify with anything but myself. That's where the divide comes. The divide comes because we're putting these constructs in place. Mm-hmm. We're putting these constructs in place to hold us back. As a society, we can't move forward until we get rid of all the stuff that divides us as a nation. Why African-American? He's American. Mm-hmm. Why Mexican-American? American. Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally? Mexico. I live in America now, though. I'm American. Mm-hmm. That's what it should boil down to. I shouldn't have to check a box indicating what the fuck I am for the sake of demographics. Because in the end, that is subliminally telling us that we are in fact different than other people. And you said it perfectly. I struggled too. For me, I didn't have a fucking box. I always either had to check other or yeah. until I realize, yes, I guess I'm Caucasian, which I'm fucking not, right? Mm-hmm. I check Caucasian now because now for some fucking reason, Caucasian falls. uh, They have like a a Middle Eastern in in parentheses next to Caucasian. Middle Eastern people are not fucking Caucasian. Right. (laughs) Come on. Well, on the last census, there wasn't anywhere to check for, uh, well, the the government's area of term to use is Hispanic, but Latino, Hispanic, Mexican, or anything. It was other. Really? It's been other for like the last two census whatever check-ins of paperwork that they send us to the house to fill out. There has to be a reason for that. But what are the, what are the things? It it doesn't make sense. If if there is that huge fear of uh, the the minority rising, which, and there's already projections that by 2020 or 2026, America will be minority majority. Right. 
right? And if they really want to, if they really had issues with it, they would probably want to know who is what and where they're at and how can they track it. They don't have issues with it. Obviously, someone does. Why? Why do you say that, though? Because if they didn't, why would they want to know where people are? Are there? Are they? Uh, distri- census has been going on for uh, God since the beginning of time, really. Since be- since government was established, right? Well, there's there's a difference between historian and and tracking, and then also tracking for how to better serve the community. And I feel like there's still a gap in in both of those. Maybe the historian is probably more prevalent, but. If you're looking at what the community is there, what the demographics are, how there's things are changing, else. there's something else. Yeah, well, yeah, it's for redistricting purposes. Well, that's the that's the something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's for politics. It's for political measure, always. And that's the unfortunate part, because race plays into that, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, where are all the Mexicans at? Okay, well, we're going to cut this line off right here. Yeah, gerrymandering. Yeah, and we're going to say, okay, they're, they're in their own district, and they can't affect this district, and we'll keep this district in it. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Mm. That's what the census is really for. Um, one of the many other subversive um, methods that our government uses to control. But again, it all boils down to the divisions that we that are artificially created just to just to divide. Race was never uh, an issue on the census before. It was just counting people. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they threw in race as the demographic. And then demographics came about. Well, how much do you make? Where do you live? Are you, you know, gay or straight? Do they ask that on the census now? No, not on the census, but there are, you know, if you go into certain places on forums now, they'll ask you, why? Why does that matter? You know, I am me. And, and this is another thing, you know, it's not that these people out there that are that are protesting, trying to burn down our, our existing Americana, they're not out there just trying to tear down color. They're, down, they're out there trying to tear down different well, it's not them. It's fear. You know. You know what? It, it baffles me because now this is either borderline propaganda or revisionist history, right? Growing up, we learned about World War One. We learned about World War Two. We learned about Nazis. We learned about how they were bad. I don't understand. Even even if it was propaganda, how our history, which it is, because it, we only learn oh, white history. Yep. I don't understand how there is a misconception of what happened and why Nazis are still around. If Hitler's family opted to not have any more children to so that lineage died with after after Hitler, why would the Nazi party still be present? Who and what is being taught where that this is still a, a re- relevant conversation of today of societal issues of people still believing this? Hate but why? Where hate, is it coming from? Nazis are just a blanket term okay. to define hate, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Strictly my opinion. Interesting. I see it as, really, it's a catch-all now. If you hate something and you're white, you're a Nazi. And, and by something, I mean, you know, you're an extremist. Like, you want to kill people that don't look like you, right? Um, or, or do harm to others, whatever, if you want to be PC about it which is fucking retarded, but it's a catch-all to define what people see right now as a group of very, very fearful people that want to exact their vengeance on other people that they feel are intruding or infringing rather on their, on their rights, which are the same inalienable rights that everyone else that they're going after has for the most part. (laughs) It doesn't really have to, 
you know, fall as, oh, okay, Nazi, they, they survived that whole thing. Nazis are, or the neo-Nazis or, or the alt-right or whatever the fuck you want to call them, which there is a difference. They're out there grouping themselves together. I think the alt-right lost any type of differential markers from from the Nazi or from the neo-Nazi once all of this stuff blew out of control. So if anyone is actually identifying with that platform, I think they've completely lost the platform that yeah. they, they were with. They argue otherwise, but I mean, when you have Nazis coming out saying that we're going to be in attendance at your events and they're not saying anything to say, no, don't come, literally saying, well, we can't stop them. Well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, right. yeah, yeah, you can. It's a permitted event. You can have security and you can say, no, don't want you to come. But the same people that are out there saying, oh, we're not Nazis, we're alt-right, which just happened in San Francisco today, which got shut down, they're the ones that are perpetuating this. They're, they're the enablers. They're allowing this, right? Our culture is being challenged by these people. What we know is being challenged. Look, I don't identify with a particular community, and I've, I've made that very clear up until this point, past episodes and now. So for me, Americana is what I have. The American culture, as it is defined by us, what we make of it, is what I fall back on as my culture. That's what my kids are going are gonna to follow. That's what my family, for the most part, follows. And to have that almost be, being challenged, ripped away from me, that's not fair. And it's not only not fair, it's unjust. And in the manner at which they're doing it, it's just wrong imparting violence for no fucking reason oh yeah you're trying to take away our freedom of speech by killing people you're killing people well how's that freedom of speech it doesn't make sense you're you it just it doesn't make sense to me and that's fucked up because communities are evolving and right now they're evolving even faster than they were let's say a year ago because of all of what's going on, right? It's survival of the fittest, adapt or die. Mm-hmm. So now what do you think is going to happen as a, as a result of all this fucking racial turmoil? I don't know. I Part of me hopes that it is a, a misrepresentation of their reach and how big this really is because of, you know, media portrayal, media attention can always yeah. blow things out of proportion. I know that this country is made up of mostly good people and mostly people that went through the same American education system that knows the history behind where America came from, where America was at at least six, seven months ago. Mm -hmm. And then where we are now with people being a lot more bold and making reckless statements and claims and, and doing ridiculous things that are not progressing for the American experience. We are regressing as a society. Well, maybe we aren't regressing as a society, but we have some extremists mm. right now that are making us look as a whole really bad, really ununited. Uh, and, and if anything was going to happen, if any other country wanted to tap into the American power, now would have been the time. Because to the outside world, we look like we can't handle ourselves. So now is perfect time to take power from the, the, the American juggernaut and we really model our society after our leaders right Mm -hmm. and our fucking leader isn't doing anything our so-called leader he's not doing anything he's letting this continue and by allowing it to continue it's in my opinion just as just as bad as being involved yourself 
the blood is on his hands just as much as it is on the people that are committing those acts of violence. And something has to give. Something has to change. They're, like you said, being emboldened to share their opinion, an opinion that no one else wants to hear. But, hey, look, they have the same rights as we do. They're allowed to say what they want to say. Doesn't mean we have to listen. Doesn't mean right. we have to even give them the audience. I just don't understand how people can confuse platforms. The platform of the KKK, the platform of the Aryan Nation, the platform of the neo-Nazi. And you try to compare it to the Brown Berets, to the Black Panthers, to all these community organizations, Black Lives Matter. All these organizations that were about the advancement of people and experiences, not about the segregation of and the purity of. It is about providing services to communities that were neglected. Right. Not alienating people. I I just don't understand how there's so much ignorance or how people just don't even care. They don't even want to find out. They don't even want to learn. Hate. Hate is really good at blinding people to these things, though. You know, it doesn't matter anymore because they have it set in their head that, you know, I don't like this person for whatever fucking reason and I'm going to do something about it. And now, right now, for some whatever Whatever reason, like someone flipped the switch and all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We got our balls back. We're going to raise hell. Mm. For what? Why? Why now? Because of our president. Because they know they can get away with it. We talked about this offline. During the elections, the KKK pledged their support to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump said nothing. Did not admonish them, did not say, I don't want your support. He said nothing, right. which is just as bad as saying, hey, come on out to the polls and vote for me. I want your vote. Right. So in the end, people said, you know what? Fuck, it doesn't matter. He's not going to win the presidency. It doesn't fucking matter. Let him think that he has uh, uh, the upper hand here. But he did the smart thing. He said nothing because people didn't hold him accountable, didn't pressure him to make a decision. And say yay or nay. And now that's coming back to bite us in the ass. Because that free pass gave them the whole platform of, well, you know what? We voted for him. He didn't say anything. So he's probably with us. Doesn't matter if he's not. He's not going to say anything because he hasn't in the past. So we're going to start killing motherfuckers. If he says something, we'll probably kill him too. Because fuck it. We want to get our agenda pushed through. That's all they care about in the end. And what happened? He didn't say anything. A leader that doesn't say anything in a time of crisis within a nation that he's supposed to represent to the fullest potential of his ability is fucking terrifying. And I hope it doesn't last. So where do we go from here? You know, I used to think that if I just put my head down and and and, and worked and created and show and, and made, I hate saying it in this context, but it just made content, made things that could represent my experience and have my voice be heard and have other people that have a similar experience to me have someone to relate to and to kind of break down barriers in the sense of if you don't know what I'm about or who I am just or, or you might have fears of what I might do because of what I look like let my work speak for itself as far as what I represent let that be your introduction to me and maybe a lot of people that are just like me and and now I don't think that's enough. I think I'm even doing a disservice to my community yeah. if I'm not using my platform. We are we are two people that come from minority backgrounds that have an opportunity to 
to speak and represent a voice of, of a generation, of a demographic, of a particular experience that isn't often heard from. And I, I think we'd be remiss if we did not take the time to do something like today and, and, and speak on where we stand, what we believe, how we feel, and, and let people know that are listening, that are fans of the show, you're not alone in, in feeling any type of fear. You're not alone in feeling confused. You're not alone. There are people out here that understand what you're going through. There are people here that are, are feeling the same things that you're feeling. And it's about connecting now more than ever. It's about building more than ever. It's about not letting these little missteps get in the way of progress. And I'm not trying to just brush this under the rug as a misstep. Don't misinterpret that. I, I am well aware of the intensity of these actions, but I don't think that should stop us from living our lives. I don't think that should stop us from being able to be Americans. I think that was good. Maybe we can end it right there. Yeah. So if you guys want to find us on social media, listen to one of our old episodes. You know where to find us by now. And if you don't, maybe that'll encourage you to go back to the archives and check it out. Signing out, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z.